My boys were in high school. My wife and I both worked. Life was busy, but we knew we had to get outside to stay happy. Fridays, we could have the camping gear in the car and hit the road to Yosemite by 5.30. But then there was the food. I'm Kip Clifton, and I started Fireside Provisions to help people like me get out of the city and go camp more easily and more often. Just go to firesideprovisions.com before your next camping trip. Choose from a variety of affordable meals created by award-winning chefs. Then select your dates and number of friends. We'll deliver the food straight to your door the day before you leave. Fireside Provisions, delicious meals made for the outdoors. You're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries, a production of Duct Tape Thin Beer, with additional support from Patagonia, Kuat Racks, and REI. My dad's skin track went straight up, and I couldn't see him anymore. I started to cry, but knew even if he heard me, he wouldn't come back to help. I didn't want to go anymore. I hated this. Why couldn't we just ride the lifts? After a few minutes, I took a breath and made another step. This scenario happened too many times for me to count. I grew up with a professional ski guide for a dad and a ski instructor for a mom. I was expected to chase my parents around the mountains. They took me backcountry skiing for the first time at five years old. I don't remember the first time exactly, but I do remember that I absolutely hated skinning as a kid. My parents always pushed me to go faster and longer. Almost always on the highest heel riser, dad set a steep track for me to follow. When I broke trail, he berated me if I didn't make the skin track steep enough or put in too many switchbacks. He said kick turns wasted energy and setting a low angle track took too long. I tried hard to impress and set a track that was so steep it would often end with me sliding backwards, falling down, and crying in frustration. But as I grew older, I adopted my dad's style. I became fast and aggressive. And why wouldn't I want to charge hard? At age 20, after my first year of college at Montana State University in Bozeman, I began the training process to become a certified ski guide. I worked as an apprentice guide for a heli ski operation in Alaska, and last year I began guiding professionally. My aggressive style did not slacken. If anything, my young enthusiasm and endless energy made me charge even harder. I wanted to prove myself and keep up with the strong guides. Only a fast pace and big goals satisfied me. I felt restless when I wasn't in the mountains, and a steep skin track was key to my pursuits. Five years ago, my first week at MSU, I got back from an afternoon of climbing and stepped into the elevator that would take me to my dorm floor. A guy in the elevator noticed the rope on my pack and that I'd pressed the seventh floor button. He asked if I climbed. Yes, I replied. He told me a girl lived on my floor that climbed super hard. He had my attention. I asked for her name. Olivia, 
he answered. I found Olivia's room directly across from mine. The next day, we drove to the crag in her Tacoma truck. Olivia had grown up in Durango, Colorado and began skiing at an early age. She wanted to be an avalanche forecaster. We both loved rock and ice climbing, but skiing really made us passionate about the mountains. We clicked instantly. Olivia and I set out early on a chilly March morning. She drank a full cup of coffee on our drive to the trailhead and now chatted my ear off as I breathlessly broke trail up the canyon. Skinning through the thick forest, we pulled on trees to get up my steep skin track. Our ski packs felt heavier than usual, loaded with climbing gear. We planned to explore a basin that involved a long approach and an ice climb to reach. At the base of the climb, I racked up and Olivia strapped our skis to my backpack. I led the 40-meter pitch. The sticky ice made the climb feel effortless. I hauled our skis up and then belayed Olivia up to me. We stashed our climbing gear and skinned into the basin. We found a beautiful hidden cooler with excellent snow. Chalky and consistent with a steep section at the pinch. Satisfied with our line, we skied back down to the top of the climb. The sun had set from our perspective, and it gave a cold, blue, shadowy look to the canyon. We repelled the ice climb and blasted down the luge course trail and into the parking lot. As we approached the truck, we found two beers tucked under the windshield wipers. A friend had recognized the Tacoma and left us two PBRs. Click, fizz, clank. Cheers to our first really big adventure and many more to come. I had found my ultimate female mountain companion. She taught me to swim up sandstone splitters. I taught her to link hop turns through a tight coolar. She taught me how to party hard, and I made her wake up early for powder days. She taught me to love myself, and I showed her the importance of balance in life. Like-minded and adventurous, we complemented each other well. We even matched our gear. Whether in deep conversation over a bottle of wine, swapping leads on a multi-pitch, or giggling in the skin track, we couldn't get enough of each other. On January 7th, 2015, I woke early to start my day. Looking at my phone, I had missed calls from late the night before from several of my close friends. Something felt wrong. Starting to shake, I called my friend Sarah. Olivia had been killed in an avalanche. There are no words to describe what I felt after the phone call, not because I couldn't identify the emotions, but because there were none. There were only tears. I cried long and hard. I couldn't do anything. Then the worst headache set in, and I couldn't be alone. 
I've never cried as much as I did the months after Olivia's avalanche. I dreaded reading the accident report and newspaper articles. I hated the condolences people gave, although well-meant, because they only made me cry more. I clung to physical possessions, the hat she knitted me, the necklace she gave me, and photos of us. I never thought I would have to talk about my best friend in the past tense, or that she would exist only in memories. I never considered that I would have to live without her. As skiers, we understand the inherent risk and know that accidents can happen to anyone. But to know something in your head is different than to really understand it in your soul. It was never supposed to happen to Olivia. For a long time, I knew, but I didn't understand. The mountains became the house of my emotions. I was scared to go back to ski and climb lines we had once done together. Yet, I found comfort when I grabbed the same rock she had once touched, and skied lines where I knew she had once been and made those same exact turns. I felt closest to her in the mountains. I missed her, but eventually tears fell into smiles. I admit, through my young eyes and eager ambition, I had always felt somewhat invincible to risk. But life is different now. Losing Olivia taught me to never let my guard down. As skiers, climbers, and guides, we tread a fine line between risk and reward. I've learned the importance of caution and flexibility in the most real way. I understand now. We don't conquer mountains, but are simply granted a period of time with which to safely pass through them. The veritable skin track of life is long and varied. I can decide how I reach goals and make it through life, just like I can choose the style of skin track I set. I now understand that I need to slow down, listen to the mountains, be fully present in the moment, and in the end, not let my ambition and ego take over. My guide training taught me to set a skin track that flows with the mountain's undulating shape and creates a steady incline to make it easy for the client. Olivia's final lesson to me was to set that kind of skin track for myself. My name is Nina Hans, and this is my short. Support for the shorts comes from Fireside Provisions. Take the hassle out of your next trip. Let Fireside Provisions plan the food for you. Here's how it works. First off, you go to Fireside Provisions the least a week before your next adventure, and you pick from an option like, say, one skillet beef stroganoff. That sounds pretty good. That's bite-sized pieces of strip steak, a hearty broth of mushrooms, onions, and egg noodles. Damn. Then you eat. Fireside. Prep less, savor more. Great meals for every adventure. Additional support from the diaries comes from the good people at Patagonia and from REI. And also from Kuat Racks, the little company who believed they could build a better bike rack. Check out their full lineup at kuatracks.com. Support for the Diaries also comes from you, the listeners. The contributions we get from you, it helps us keep making the Diaries better. 
To pledge your support, visit DirtbagDiaries.com and click the button in the upper right hand corner. Thank you so much, so much to everybody who contributed in 2016. A huge thank you to Nina for sharing her story. Nina now works as a professional ski guide based out of Bozeman. If you want to go shred some turns with her, book a trip at Beartooth Powder Guides. Jacob Bain created the music and mixed today's episode. Jacob and Nice Kodos composed our theme song. The episode was produced by Jen Altschul and me, Fitzcahal. You have been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>